You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, it's uh, it, it's nice to be be back with you. I, um, we're uh, um, we're back to our regularly scheduled programming with uh, with me teaching Wednesdays and Rabbi Kiefer will start teaching on uh, Friday mornings. Um, and uh, and we've been on both Wednesdays and Fridays uh, now and some well in, in now re- really on Wednesdays too um, with uh, with what Rabbi Kiefer has been teaching uh, we've really been having a, an extended conversation about prayer Rabbi Kiefer has been teaching um, uh, um, uh, you know from within the sea door uh, and I'm teaching from without the sea door um, so uh, uh, talking about prayer from a more uh, abstract theoretical place um, which will hopefully uh, I hope complement uh, what Rabbi Kiefer is doing very nicely. Um, and we've been using as a jumping-off point uh, some uh, some essays from the Nativot Shalom, the Salonim Rebbe, um, who uh, was a, a great Hasidic master of the 20th century, um, died in the land of Israel um, uh, around the year 2000. Uh, and uh, and uh, in addition to talking about prayer, he has a, a, a whole collection of uh, commentary on, on Torah and holidays. Um, and But these are a series of essays that he has about prayer, and so we're looking at little snippets of it. We may not stay with Nativo Shalom the whole time, but uh, but but so far um, he's uh, he's uh, speaking with me, or at least providing uh, good food for thought. Um, and the question that I want us to think about this morning is when you pray, right? And and uh, um, and this could be when you daven the Amida. This could be when you pray beside your bed at night. This could be when you um, when you you know really uh, sort of have a moment where you're asking God for something. What do you pray for? That's the question. That's the first question. What do you pray for? What should you pray for? What can you pray for? These are, I think, uh, reasonable questions to ask. And the second question, which is a related question, is how do you know whether your prayer is answered? Someone once uh, said to me, and and I'm always not sure exactly whether or not I like this statement. I'll leave it to you to decide whether or not you like this. I'll put the statement out there. The person said, our prayers are always answered. It's just that sometimes the answer is no. Right? So many people say, well, I, I pray for all, you know, I pray for a million dollars. I pray for, I prayed to win the lottery. I even bought the lottery ticket, right? But I didn't win the lottery, right? And God didn't answer my prayer. And the response of this individual is, no, God did answer your prayer. The answer was no, and no is a reasonable answer. Right. Um, so the so the and is and is the answer related to the kinds of questions that we ask? Are there certain kinds of questions that we ask that are more likely to yield a yes response, and certain kinds of questions that are more likely to yield a no response? That's the question that I want us to think about, and that's the uh, that's where the Nativo Shalom is going to pick up, and then we'll let me uh, uh, introduce what he says, and then we'll uh, then we'll open it up for a conversation. So what he says is the following. He's received this tradition from uh, righteous people, from Sadikim. Shika Asher, he doesn't name them, they're just, you know, the, it's like uh, what they call the stam of the Mishnah, right? The, the anonymous voice of the, of the rabbinic uh, tradition, right? The anonymous righteous person of the Hasidic tradition. He's received this from a lot of righteous people. Shika Asher Yehudi Mevakesh Al Tzarchav Haruchaniyim. 
when a, when a Jewish person, he's, he's talking specifically to Jewish people. I don't think he necessarily meant it to be literally for Jewish people. I think it could be anybody. When people re- ask for their spiritual needs, when, pure, when people request in prayer their spiritual needs, Shum katarog eno yachol filato No accuser, no barrier can prevent his prayer from ascending to the heavens. So according to the Nativot Shalom, the kind of prayer that is most likely to be effective, the kind of request that's most likely to be answered, is a prayer for one's spiritual needs rather than one's physical needs. Right? A prayer to be able to perform more mitzvot. A prayer to be able to pray better. A prayer to be able to connect more deeply to God. Right? Those are the kind of prayers that, that, uh, that uh, most effectively reach God. There's this concept in, in the Hasidic tradition of, of katarogim, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, uh, accusers, right? but the, he means barriers. Right? The, the essence of a, of a barrier of prayer is, uh, is, is when a person prays for their uh, physical needs. Maybe, uh, maybe he's not worthy of praying for those physical needs. And maybe also it's not good for him, right? So I could pray for a million dollars, right? But it could be that that's actually not good for me, right? It could be that, uh, no, seriously, it could be, right, there are people for whom a million dollars is a great thing because they have a propensity to be uh, very charitable, right? They, uh, uh, they, you know, and there are some people for whom a million dollars is a horrible thing. It closes them off. Right, it, uh, it 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 uh, it 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 gives them the sense that they're elevated over other people. Right there, so that doesn't mean that it's bad necessarily to have a million. Obviously, it would be very nice to have a million dollars, but right, but for some people, right, that request actually might be a detriment to you, right, rather than a benefit. Right, uh, the, uh, I, uh, one might think of uh, of other things that are you know uh, physical needs that you could pray for that actually a reasonable response from God is no. Right, so I'll give you another. I mean, parents know this. I'm sure I'm going to learn it sooner or later. Right, when your kid is in the grocery store with you, you know, begging and crying and screaming for the candy bar in the checkout aisle. Right, the, a reasonable parental response is no. Right? It may not be the response most likely to generate silence, but it is. Uh, but the most reasonable, uh, a reasonable parental response is no. We'll check back in two years. We'll check back in two years. <laughs> it's not used in Lower Merion. <laughs> that may be true. Um, so, um, right. So I think that that, uh, that he's suggesting that God works the same way. Maybe the maybe the request for something physical is not something that's good for you. Maybe it's not something that you actually need. Um, and maybe you aren't worthy of receiving it, is what he says. But, aval, kshemipalel al ha'inyanim haruchaniim. When you pray for spiritual things, lo shayach kol katarog, lema lo yimalu mevukasho atov. There's no reason that a person's spiritual request can't be fulfilled. And there's no reason that a person's spiritual request won't be fulfilled. I mean, it's really an amazing thing, right? There's a, you know, a cliche that you put out of, you put out of, uh, you get out of things what you put into them. It's so, you know, like the the Beatles line, right? The, the the love you take is equal to the love you make, right? Which uh, Paul McCartney sang at the opening yeah. ceremony, which were a bizarre opening ceremonies, really by the crazy. way. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's just an aside, but uh, right, um, that, even do that that when you um, that 
I find that when, um, when, when the focus of my prayer is uh, to be able to, you know, to, uh, to have a closer relationship with God, to be able to do more good in the world, to be able to um, have uh, more awareness. When my intention going into prayer, my, my requests in prayer are those things, I find that I actually get those things. I find that they actually work because there's a there's a there's a feedback you know loop of this or where, where you where you you know you want to become closer to God you strive for it right and um, and but through the act of wanting it and striving for it you inevitably come to it to a certain degree right and so he's saying that his suggestion is that spiritual requests are always fulfilled. Right, and this is how you can explain the the prayer that says uh, that God answers uh, His people Israel at a time that they uh, call out to Him, right? Because apparently, right, on its surface, that seems like a not a, a not a true statement. People pray all the time and don't feel like they're answered by God. So His explanation is: When people pray and that that they want to fulfill God's will, when people's prayer is "Help me fulfill Your will," when your prayer is when your prayer is "God, open my lips so that I can pray to You," right? When your prayer is to fulfill God's will, then God always answers. And even if you don't, this is a, a, a really powerful day, I want to hear what you have to think about this. When, when a, even when a person feels that, uh, um, um, even when a person feels that God doesn't answer him, he should believe that God answers him. Or her. Ukemoshe piresh maran baal beit avraham Okay, so as my teacher, uh, the rabbi, the, Baal, the, the author of the Beit Avraham said, it was another uh, previous Sloaner Marebi, that uh, the, uh, according to uh, um, uh, um, the cry of the lowly um, is always heard and is always redeemed. The lowly is uh, uses the language of uh, uh, of um, uh, I lift my eyes heavenward. When a Jew prays to God, cries out to God, When I cry out to God, God raises me from my uh, lowly situation. And then immediately listens and redeems. That's the premise of Nativo Shalom. When we pray for spiritual things, they're always answered. Even we don't feel like they're always answered, they're always answered. Your turn. Probably the biggest uh, problem, I guess, that comes along with uh, praying is when you're when someone's ill and you're praying for this, someone's health and it doesn't it doesn't help. In other words, person dies or whatever. That's really the biggest problem. Well, is, is it not answered, or is the answer no? Is Rabbi? Well, but 
Rubidi, you know, even if the answer is no, it's uh, it doesn't make it less problematic, well, as, uh, right? Right. So, uh, you know, why you know why does God say no when uh, when a you know a ten year old kid has leukemia, right? Um, God forbid, right? Uh, you know, it's a hard thing to to comprehend. You know, but we don't know if it's no because um, maybe the maybe the person maybe the prayer was answered because maybe the person's illness didn't last as long. I mean, if it was going to be ultimately no, but maybe they didn't suffer as long as they might have. Maybe the suffering was truncated. So it was a, a, a form of, it wasn't the ultimate yes, but it was a, a modified no. It could have been a lot worse. And the, the you know the what what's in I mean they they do some so to study this is uh, is in some ways inherently flawed, um, but uh, but they've done studies that that show it's not when when you have two groups of ill people, one of whom is being prayed for by an individual or community, and the other group is not being prayed for, or the individuals in that group aren't being prayed for. There's not really a difference in recovery, right? Um, but when the individuals who are ill are told that they're being prayed for, right? Then there's a difference in recovery. They they might uh, they 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 may not they may not have a miraculous turnaround. They might last. They might you know push a little bit longer than they than their prognosis was, right? Whatever. Um, so it it seems like you know even if there's not a supernatural correlation between you know you, a person's praying for the health and well-being of somebody else. There is, I think, a, a sense that uh, um, people are more willing to, to you know, sort of internally fight for themselves um, and, um, and, uh, and be optimistic about their own recovery if they know that people care enough about them to pray for them. Um, and so I, I, I think on some level that uh, um, I, I, I thought about that when, when, when you were saying what you're saying is that... Um, is that maybe it's maybe that's not the kind of prayer that can actually be answered by by God, at least not in a you know, supernatural, miraculous way, um, but uh, but it can be effective nonetheless, right? Even if it's not miraculously effective. A lot of this has to do with what we mean when we say God answers, because if we use the language we've been using so far, there's no good way to tell that ten-year-old who God forbid is sick, or the ten-year-old whose mother just died that God said no. Because to say God said no means that God had a good reason that you're just never going to understand. Well, I, I'm not sure I want any 10-year-old to grow up knowing that. And I think the question really is, what is the nature of prayer? And that, I think, is what, what he's really reflecting. And prayer is can be seen as a projection of our needs and wants. So when you're asking for something physical or, or material... There's no way we have any control over that. And that's why it's not a prayer that's worthy uh, of uttering. I mean, we can say it. It may make us feel better for the moment. But the spiritual stuff is something that just by saying it, as you indicated before, we're already making it happen just by saying, putting it out there that that's what we want. So it's all, uh, all about what prayer really, what we expect prayer to be. If we expect God to automatically respond because we said the right words, then we're crossing into magic, voodoo. Um, I think Heschel was the one who said, God is not some kind of divine bellhop. I like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we make out of prayer, you know? We think I, think, I think of a genie, and right? There he is, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we have to get away from that notion of prayer. I, I, I have troubles with the 
I guess, with the question, and it goes somewhat to what you're saying. Because when you pray for the ability to pray, yet when I start the Amida every day, I am praying for health and a lot of physical things in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just that my prayer... So I'm, I'm, I'm having difficulty understanding the distinction he's trying to draw, even. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, I, I, I'm not sure of the answer to that question, and I can't ask him directly. Although, although it, I think it is a good challenge to what uh, to what Rabbi Kiefer said, right? Because if I'm only praying, uh, just the flip of that, right? So if I'm if I'm only praying for the things that I can actually take care of myself, then why do I need to pray for them, right? Why can't I just do them? Why can't I, you know, work on my spiritual, uh, you know, whatever in, in, in whatever ways, you know, it, it, most. I think you know. I, I think that you're right about the perception, and right? I think that uh, in our culture, especially because we we've uh, um, you know adopted uh, a sort of you know our, our associations I think, with, the, with the English term prayer, um, even for those of us who are very Jewish, are very Christian uh, uh, associations with the term prayer, um, which uh, which is um, in a lot of ways about uh, a request for for things, um, and so I, I think that um, um, uh, um, there's a Lost my train of thought. Um, that uh, um, that that uh, um, there's a there's a sense that we bring to prayer that what we're um, that, uh, that 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 there that there should be a uh, um, a supernatural response, right? That we are, you know, that we're that that when we say, you know, mevarech uh, hashanim. Right, that uh, that we mean it. Right, that uh, that it, we're not saying that metaphorically. That we actually want God to provide rain. When we say Rifa'inu, that we actually want God to provide healing. When we say, um, you know, so um, so I, I think I don't know. I um, you know, I, I, the question that I have is, you know, again, right? If 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 all we're doing is is praying for things that we can actually do ourselves, then then what's the point? I I, I would say the word prayer is the key here. And much of what we do with so-called prayer is to read the, the Siddur. And the question is, reading the Siddur, is that the same as prayer? I would say, personally, I think maybe I've truly prayed three times in my life. Everything else is reading, but the question is, have I really in some way put myself into the reading? And I find it very difficult to do that. So... What do you mean by prayer? <laughs> well, let me. Ask, so, in, in those times, if you if you if you feel comfortable sharing those three times that you feel like you've actually prayed, what what do you mean? All right. Once was when my uh, my father was undergoing open heart surgery. <coughs> no books, no nothing. I just sat down and, and did what I think was prayer. Yeah, so I think that I think that that is a, um, a a worthy definition of or an example of prayer. I don't think it's the only example because I think that um, davening the Amida, right, uh, the words that are actually in the Siddur, right. can also be prayer. Is but also you have prayer. to connect with those words, and that's part of the problem. I think. Um, if you connect with those words, you're praying. If you don't connect, just because you say them doesn't mean. I would say the prayer book gives you an agenda, provides you with a, uh, a table of contents. And if you are able to take advantage of it, it helps get you to the point of the kind of prayer you're talking about. 
And so, and, and so what do you do with the, uh, with the string of material requests that you have in that agenda? It's a place for them. Absolutely. Why can't we just be content with the, with the process, with the conversation? Why does there have to be an end? Because most people walk away from God when, when they feel the answer was no. That's what makes it complicated. I don't necessarily feel like the answer is no. I just sometimes I feel like it <clears throat> helps me feel better that something or someone might be listening. Absolutely. So that I mean that's a that's a profound. I mean like what I'm hearing in that is that the, <laughs> that the point of prayer is uh, is is not the fulfillment of desire, but the but the pursue pursuing a relationship and deepening a relationship. Right, uh, that uh, that sometimes you just want to pour your heart out to somebody. Which parallels the reading you used right. short one, during the mission. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, most of the service actually is not request. It's more of an appreciation for what God has done mm-hmm. over the years and now, too. It's more thankful. But thank you. Which is so that and that's a really important thing to remember, right? That uh, um, that, uh, uh, that which is, I think, a, 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 a in some ways a, a, a pursuit of a spiritual need, right? We uh, spiritually uh, need to be grateful, right? Um, and uh, and you know when 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 we train that that I think is you know part of the agenda, right? Uh, when we when we stick to that agenda, um, I th- uh, I think um, I would propose, although I don't have. It, you know, data to back me up. I would propose that uh, that it actually works for people, right? That I would venture to guess that people who uh, who pray more regularly are more grateful people. People who say a hundred blessings a day, like the Jewish tradition says we're supposed to, I would, I, 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 I don't know if I would, you know, bet my life savings on it, right? But uh, but I would, you know, I'd bet a hundred dollars on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Because think about it in, in you know saying blessings a hundred times a day. Think about it to comparison to how many times a day we say the opposite of that. I want, right? I need, right? Um, it's a it's it's a pretty amazing thing. So what the what the agenda is training us to do is to is to flip it, right? To to say I want, I need less, and I'm so thankful for more. Right. And that's, I think, part of the of the relationship issue too, right? Uh, you know, the, um, a relationship with with my spouse is not about uh, uh, her fulfilling, you know, her her, um, her uh, you know, cooking me whatever meal I want. It's about uh, deepening um, uh, a relationship and strengthening and supporting each other and being uh, grateful for what each other brings to our lives. Um, it, you know, it's. Uh, it, it so happens that from time to time I can ask for something and she'll give it to me. It so happens from time to time I'll ask for something and she'll say no. That happens actually more often than not. But it's um, a valid answer. It's a valid answer. <laughs> Other thoughts. All I know is when I come here in the morning and pray prior to going out to work or whatever I'm doing that day, I feel better going out on a day when I don't come here and not pray. I think that's a, a good uh, a good enough thought to uh, close our broadcast on. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>